Welcome back to the Creative Endeavor Podcast. This is the podcast bringing you inspiring stories from creative professionals from around the world. It's real conversations with real artists. And I'm Andrew Tischler, and how cool it is to have your company here once again. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode with Carla Grace. Now, I've had Carla Grace on the show a couple of times already. Every time she's here, she just drops some art business gold. So I'll give you a minute to put that coffee on, but go and get yourself a notebook as well. There's no doubt you're going to get something out of this episode. This will be an episode that will not only motivate, but inspire. Now, if you haven't already listened to the previous episodes with Carla Grace and you're not following her on social media, you better fix that up quick. She can be found on Instagram at Carla underscore Grace underscore art. Carla really does specialize in wildlife painting. She does some amazing acrylic paintings in a really beautiful detailed style. Her works are highly sought after by an international audience. And she's pretty much selling most of what she produces. But she's also ventured into prints and some really exquisite limited editions. But there was something else that she revealed in this podcast about a brand new product that she's developed. And I've never heard of anything like this. It was quite extraordinary. I also wanted to ask her, because in the time since our previous conversations, she's had a couple of kids. And I wanted to ask her how she finds that work-life balance. You know, I myself have just recently become a father. My son's about six months old now, and it just turned life upside down. It's awesome. It's the coolest journey ever, but I must admit it is difficult sometimes finding that balance. So I wanted to pick her brain about that as well. Now there is a video version of this podcast and the only place to find that is on my Patreon page. In addition to the video version of the podcast, I also release critique videos, Q&A videos, time lapses, as well as reference packs for my followers there and access to the exclusive Facebook community. It's only five bucks a month, so if that sounds like you, then I'll see you over on Patreon. I think you'll be shocked the amount of content that I share with my patrons there for just five bucks a month. And as I said, you'll get the video version of this podcast. And there's a couple of visuals here that you might want to see. Okay, without further ado, here's Carla Grace and the Creative Endeavor. Carla Grace, welcome back to the Creative Endeavor podcast. What a pleasure to have you back. It's awesome to be back. I enjoyed the last time, so I look forward to what we chat about this time. (laughs) Cool. Well, a few huge life changes for us in the meantime. Um, The last time we spoke, I think you just had Emily. Emily was just a little baby at that time. She was in the oven. 
Um, oh, no, wait, that was the first time we spoke. The first time, yeah. The second time was a little short one. That one, she was a few months old. I don't know. She was. She joined <laughs> she, us. <laughs> she even joined in the she conversation. She joined us for part of the conversation, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So so now you have your, your second child and, mm-hmm. and uh, Will is his name? Will, yep, William. Fantastic. <laughs> so let's let's just kick things off with where you're at now with your creative journey, because I imagine that being a mother and from seeing your social media posts and following you on Instagram, um, your your kids seem to be very much part of your creative world. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. let's kick things off there, because I hear so many people going, oh, I can't find that work-life balance, but you're somebody that's out there just doing it. You seem to have found your feet with this. Oh, I think, well, first accepting that actually finding that elusive work-life balance, that it's actually a myth. It doesn't exist. It's more just, I think, having the adaptability in your day-to-day routine where you don't try and achieve as much, but then anything that you do achieve on top of it is a bonus and you're just happy to do that. So, Emily now goes to daycare four days a week and Will has just started daycare two days a week. Um, He doesn't like it as much as Emily did at the start. So he's a little bit rocky. He's actually home today when he was meant to be at daycare because he's a bit sick. So even though we do have that routine now, it's it's every day you don't know how it's going to go. So being flexible and adaptable around what they end up dictating about the day is I think the first stage to the balance because it's the pursuit of balance it's just every day is different um so yeah so how's that going for me um I when I do have Will and or Emily at home I make sure that I pivot our entire day around the studio even if we're just playing in the studio, I'm there, I'm around my work. So I'm more likely to pick up a brush or do some email or video editing or do some marketing. So just being present in the space is making it more possible for me to get more done in a day. And even if I end up just helping Emily with her painting, enabling her to do some of her work, there's still some activity in the studio. So they're around the work life that I'm trying to live and that's a norm for them so when I say mummy's working today then they're like okay we just go hang out in the studio and they just sort of move around me as I work or I move around them more like (laughs) and yeah it's just fitting it in around the studio even if I don't touch anything at least they're in that environment and it's not all about them I think at the end of the day I'm not trying to fit my life around them they're fitting into my life in a very physical literal sense they're in my studio on the days that I want to be working even if I don't get anything done so it's all all about setting a pattern I think with the kids and then they understand they get it fair enough there's some some Mm. good things for me to you know remember when Hugo becomes you know old enough and yeah. I, I look forward to, to having that studio time with him. And in point of fact, you're actually reminding me of the way I grew up. Um, my dad had me in his studio while he was working. Um, nice. I remember he, he actually, <laughs> true story, uh, he had an industrial unit. And my daycare was um, next door at the time. 
but there were some days where, and he must have been, from memory, he must have been working um, uh, over weekends as well when the daycare wasn't open. Because I remember being like, there was a mattress and a plywood box in, in a corner somewhere. And I remember being right. in his studio and dad be like, okay, nap time. <laughs> be like, I still remember <laughs> being there. a little kid. Yeah, go over there. But, um, but I, I had all kinds of creative projects and stuff to, to work on mm-hmm. and uh, far out must have rubbed off on me, I guess. But uh, yeah. it's important to involve them in, in what you're doing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's important, I think, as well, that they know it's not all about them. Mm. Uh, I think it's very easy as, well, as the primary caregiver, you you just sort of, what do you want to do today? Let's do it. Keep you happy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I've also just come off. So Will, unfortunately, has absolutely no consistency in his sleep. He mm. has sleep regression quite regularly so we lose his ability to drift into the next sleep routine sleep cycle uh whenever he has a a milestone developmental milestone so uh i couldn't like emily just structure my routine again around you know as she progresses through as she ages Mm. her sleep adapts so we have none of that with will and so i just couldn't i I was so exhausted and I just couldn't work. So until he started daycare three weeks ago, I had to take maternity leave. So I haven't been producing artwork the past four or five, I don't know, five months, five, six months. So oh I feel like I'm just coming out of this massive lull. And now that he started daycare again, I have that like little breath of yeah. ability to actually focus on something and so that's why I started doing these little mini acrylic series that I've started doing. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just let folks know if they're listening to the audio version of this, there is an exclusive video version that's available to my patrons on my Patreon page in addition to the video version of the podcast, which you're going to want to watch. Come on, seriously. You're going to get exclusive <laughs> Q&As and critiques and time lapses and all sorts of other good stuff and access to the exclusive community over on Facebook. So if that sounds like you, then sign up on my Patreon page. It's just five bucks a month. And you get to see inside Carla Grace's studio and the painting that she's about to show us. Go for it. <laughs> so little this plug is one there. I finished yesterday. Oh, yeah, wow. it was fantastic. <laughs> so these little mini acrylics awesome. I do in five hours. And no, stop it. Stop I it. You're don't. hurting my feelings. That is, <laughs> so I try. No, hold, oh, please hold that back up. Please hold that back up. Five hours. Like you are so, so to describe your style and I hope I, I'm not going to mischaracterize you here and really make you hang up on me, but I, I consider you like a hyper-realistic photorealist when it comes to wildlife painting. Is that fair? Um, I wouldn't call it hyper-realistic. I think I go for realistic thing rather than realistic. trying to focus on every little detail. So like with these ones, it's extraordinary. The details there, but the the um accuracy to the reference photo mm-hmm. isn't there. So okay. my I think that's why it works so well is I have a deep understanding for mm-hmm. what makes them look the way they look. And so okay. Um, I found that efficiency comes from confidence rather than fast brushwork. And so I will always be able to paint something much more successfully in a shorter time frame if I've painted it before and it is something that 
I just, I understand the layer process. I understand the color mixes because I've already done it before. And I know what the trouble areas are and I know how to fix them. Okay. And so that's Pause. Where... Hang on mm -hmm. a second. Okay. I'm sorry to break your flow, but when you say <laughs> yeah. that, like when you say that, I kind of, something goes in my mind and I, the inner, the inner angsty art student goes, well, doesn't that make the process boring if you've been there before and you've done this before? Doesn't that leach all the spontaneity and creativity out of this thing that you're painting? I thought that it would, okay. uh, but it's actually very rewarding because I only allow myself five hours to do it. So mm. I'm on my toes the whole time. There's no like, oh, do I change this? There's none of that lagging um, search for the creative interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're doing it. And it's often such an interrupted process because I do these around the kids. And that's why I started doing them because I wanted to have something to show at the end of the day. And that's why I started doing, okay, maybe I can do smaller paintings in a more efficient time frame. And it's just, it, sort of grew from there and it's just become a slowly more confident process working more efficiently like actually thinking ahead and deciding what my order of layer is going to be and then sticking to that because if I rush the process if I try and do it really really quickly I'm going to end up going over the work that I've done because the brushwork is sloppy or the colors and the layers and the glazing hasn't really worked so mm -hmm. Instead of working really fast, I'm just working more deliberately. And that's been exciting rather than wait, because I don't really work alongside inspiration. For me, if I did that, it would be a painting a year because <laughs> I'm so tired all the time and wow. I'm doing okay. so many different things. I don't, I'm not inspired to paint like the physical act of painting. Mm -hmm. The inspiration feeds my ideas for like a body of work. Mm -hmm. And maybe I have inspiration when I'm planning the artwork, but the actual physical act of painting, it's not an inspired process. There's no like glowing light bulb in my brain that just fills up with energy when I'm working. It's I'm here to do a job and I get that done hopefully by the end of the day. Wow. And the reward for me is seeing something achieved at the end of the day. So I get a lot of intrinsic value from a completed painting, especially, or a completed section mm -hmm. or like these little mini ones, like a whole painting that's actually finished. Um, so that's why I started doing that because I wasn't able to achieve much in my usual time frame, because of having this new part of my life. <laughs> yeah, and for I and I, I've got to apologize to all the parents out there for even thinking this mm -hmm. thought. Because um, before I was a father, I was kind of going, you know, oh come on, just just get on with it. It can't be that bad. But mm -hmm. and and I'm going to say right I'm now, I'm too. I'm very I'm very blessed you know my my wife my darling wife Rachel like she is with Hugo 24 7 and she's allowed me the space to be able to do what I do but mm. she was the an integral other half to this business and and you know I, I there are some days where she just looks at me at the end of the day just completely bleary-eyed and just going I haven't done anything today but have this thing hang off me like a koala bear all day just yeah. constantly and he hasn't been to sleep yet and he's you know and 
<laughs> and, and he gets away with it too because he's so dang cute but the, <laughs> the thing is is that you just people don't know if they haven't actually been there and been a parent mm. that 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 you've got this thing that is a time leech attached to mm. you and needs you 24 7 that's yeah. extraordinary so what you've done is you fit in and you've adapted to this new situation and created mm. something incredible I, I find that really interesting as well that you you know that you you're not inspired to paint you're you're engaging that inspiration with an overall big picture going okay i'm inspired now let's plan out this body of work let's do this whole thing mm -hmm. big picture approach and then you're just treating this as, as a job i got a time window let's get on with it let's yeah i, I hear that so much and maybe this is a, a holdover as well from my art school days that oh no i need to feel in the mood to paint i need to be inspired mm -hmm. to paint because my art comes from some you know, deep seated spiritual, you know, awakening or whatever. And, and, and so when I'm in the mood, like for me, it's a job too. I, I, I'm not yeah. sure many people realize that, that you've, you know, if you don't paint, mm. you don't, the, the, the bills don't get paid. You don't eat. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, it's especially, I think when you're so tired, it's, you either you either you just mind over matter and you do it because otherwise it'll never happen if I waited for the day where I had the best amount of sleep and I went for this wonderful run down along the beach and I got home and my entire being was just bubbling with this creative energy if I waited for that to be every day how exhausted would I be first of all like from this constant high of creative energy but now I've got this ability to just do it. Like I feel so much more empowered that I'm in a place where I can just create regardless of situation around me. And the only thing I can't do though, is if I haven't slept, it just, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I do need to yeah. sleep to do it, but I still have that ability. I know I can work regardless of whether or not. So I'm not waking up thinking, am I going to paint today? Is today going to be that day? It's just, it is that day because that's what I've enabled myself with. Right, right. And so with with the paintings that you don't, I mean, have you got another little painting that you can show us there? Have you got another little? Um, I've got a little owl. Yeah. Cool. I love this. So I hadn't painted this, um, this particular owl before. So oh, it's wow. like, if you compared it to the painting of the kookaburra which I've, mm -hmm. I've done kookaburras before the level of detail in one versus the other mm. like you can see if you look close enough you can see that one is possibly more confident than the other that just simply comes from having done kookaburras before and I haven't done the barred owl before but this is another little one um, and these ones these are all commissions so that's also another element is that I don't usually do commissions because it's someone else's idea. At least when it's my idea, there is that initial attachment to it that drives the project. When it's someone else's idea, I'm relying on an external factor such as payment for the commission to drive that. So a lot of artists, they say, oh, I don't feel like I'm charging enough. If you're not charging enough for a commission, you don't have the right drive to get the same effect that you would have when you have your own inspiration to create an original painting. Mm. So uh, it becomes a bit tricky to find that balance uh, until you've been doing it for a while, then you can really 
find where you're at with with that part of getting that inspiration and motivation to do a commission brilliant that that that's really it's really amazing i i well, let's i'm i'm going to circle commissions because i want to come back to that and mm-hmm. and talk to you about that because I'll tell you right now, from the last, if people are hearing this for the first time and, and you haven't already gone back and listened to the other two episodes that we had with, with Carla Grace, then please go and have a listen to those episodes after you've listened to this one to give a little bit more context and color to this. But I, I'll tell you right now, Carla, um, there, were, there were several aha moments for me as I was talking to you the previous times in regards to the business side of art. And straight away, I changed a few of my policies and changed a few of my oh. practices as well. And, and they actually really did uh, help. Um, namely with prints, limited edition prints. That was a really interesting one. Um, and the way, the way you had put the care and the time into how you presented something to the client made this thing feel special, consequently making your client feel special and valued and honored and respected. I love that. It was something that was actually missing from, from my practice. So I, I want to come back to that and also yeah. just come back to the, the, the marketing of it because I, I get a lot of questions on you know, marketing oneself as, a, uh, a, mm-hmm. as an artist. But let's, let's go back just, just briefly because I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in this as a topic as a whole. Again, with the balance thing, the scheduling thing, the routine thing, I'm struggling right now. I tell you right now to find a, a routine. Like I, I play this game. It's either normally it's the orange green game. Okay, I'm, I'm going to show you my thing. I'm not even going to show you last. Oh, here's last week. Okay, I, I ran out of orange highlighter. I got a pink highlighter. Okay, so there's my week. That was last week. Now, if if it's highlighted in pink, it means it didn't get done. And 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 naughty Andrew, you got to put that to the next day. If it's green, it means I got it done. There's too much pink on that sheet. And, and now, like, forget about it. Monday this week, <laughs> this week was a write-off. Oh, An yeah, absolute yeah. write-off. So yeah. I start off my day. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because, you know, mm. I start off my day just going, I'm going to get this done. And I've got to do this, got to do the other, got to do all this stuff. And mm. it consequently doesn't end up getting done. And I feel like, heck, at the end of the day. Yeah. Like for me, I I haven't taken to motherhood naturally. It's something that I've had to work at and grow and really invest time in. And I want my career because I've spent so much time and energy and this is what I'm good at. This is what I want to do with my life. I, I want to invest my day and my energy into that as well as being a mom and a wife and all those sort of things. So I've um, struggled with getting frustrated because I haven't achieved what I wanted to in a day that I needed to do in a day to get from get off the starting block to the next thing that I want to do. So what I found was creating a a daily list was setting myself up for failure from the start, because when I made the list, I already knew something's going to stuff this up I'm not going to be able to get this done because inevitably Hmm. the kid doesn't sleep the kid's crying the kid needs something he's done five poops in a row like who does that on this day like come on on. (laughs) and then you know just so many little things and the bloody cat needs something and then the chickens are all you just you know there's just always going to be something that makes it impossible to achieve that list so 
I've just settled to doing one list and it's that that's the list for the week, maybe for the month. And I just do what I can. And if I get two or three things done in that day, I just prioritize it. So rather than having, okay, I need to do this today so that I can do that tomorrow and et cetera, et cetera. It becomes a little bit more of a forgiving process on myself, which inevitably is more forgiving for the kids. So I'm able to be a little bit more fluid, I think, with the day that it it just, it flows. So I flow from, okay, I need to change the kid's nappy and then it's going to have a nap or then I'm going to feed him. And then we're just going to come back into the studio and what's next on my list. I'll have a look at that. And then we just slowly chit, chit, chit. And then at the end of the day, maybe I've gotten two, three, five things done, or maybe one day I will only get one, nothing done, but there's no resentment at the end of the day. I think the, the thing that was burning me out with having two kids, like you think one takes up time. <laughs> having two kids. Yeah. Just <laughs> I shudder. I shudder. Yeah, the thought oh. of it. Yeah. And the toddler, the toddler, yeah. she she's she's told me she's everyone's manager. So she comes in and she not only needs stuff, she dictates. But so having that freedom to forgive myself at the end of the day that I haven't gotten things done, it makes me a better parent. And it makes me inevitably a better wife because now my husband's coming home and I'm not all tense. Like I just, now I've got to get dinner done. Now I've got to go get the kids in the bath. And now I've got to go put them to bed. And now I've got only got three hours before I'm going to crash. And now I need to get all these things done. So there's a complete peace around the process of the day. And it's not a hostile environment <laughs> anymore for my husband to come home to. So, and you just, it's, it's yeah. just the the time that we have at the moment with the kids it's not going to be like this forever for sure for five years probably to like till i go to school but um so understanding that you can forgive yourself in this time because it is such a unique period of life and it's such a short period of life Mm. so not creating artwork for me for half a year it was you can imagine it's jarring because yeah. this is what I, that's what I wanted to do, but eventually, okay, I had to get myself to the point where I could let it go and it didn't destroy me, but it was like this little niggle on me, like you haven't painted today, and it's just like that's okay. I'm adapting. It's just a season. He will start daycare soon, and then I'm gonna come in with a hopefully more inspired more ambitious plan than where I was so now like if I had carried on the road I was on before going on to maternity leave I would have burned out and I would be in a worse place here now today than I am after having just adapted and just said okay you know what no one's gonna hate me for not getting as much done people get it Mm. (laughs) like the only person that's driving this insanity is myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, that's what's worked for me. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, when, when we talked a lot about social media last time and mm. and because uh, I've seen you on Instagram, even over these these spells where where, you know, you went through a dry spell creatively and and 
you you maybe you weren't producing work in the studio, but I don't think from the outside looking in, anybody got a sense of that because there was always something new there that was keeping mm. Carla Grice and her artwork fresh in people's minds. And, and her I name really, is Emily. Uh, yeah, <laughs> She's well, two and a half years old. <laughs> right. You know, but but that that was that you were you were always on my my Instagram feed. I'm like far out. Mm. You know, you're you're posting away. This is great. But uh, wow, that that must have been quite yeah quite difficult. And and I must say as well, like it's it's going to be very different different for a mother than it is a father. I'm sure, just yeah. generally speaking. Okay, but yeah, you know, I I I've had you know my partner um, and. and far out my hat goes off to any single parents out there but i i've oh. I, i've had my rachel being able to 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 take i don't know how they do it yeah most of that and especially with more than one incredible kid. Hmm. you know but there's something about the these social media platforms you know so i i the person that i end up presenting at the end of that daily list is myself it's it's nobody else like i'm really beating myself up going oh you piece of crap you didn't end up getting everything hmm. off your list but then i i remember <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at this, you know, this, this was very recently, just looking at the list and kind of going, oh, I didn't get it done. And then I just went, hang on a second. I'm the boss. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. I don't, I don't you know, I, like that's it. <laughs> no one's breathing down my neck going, where is it? Where is yeah. it? Where is it? But this is the weird thing about social media, right? And mm. building your own online business and, and being the, the person who's pushing this along is you create this monster that needs to continually eat. And, mm. and if you're not able to feed it, it starts eating a piece off, off of you. And then it ends up wearing you down. And mm. I find that I get myself into these situations where I end up doing too much, overcommitting, pushing myself. And I, I get people like commenting going, Andrew, I don't know how you find time for all of this. This is incredible. I'm like, you see these bags? There, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's always ends up coming at a cost, um, you know, physically mm. and, and, and all sorts of things. But th this is why I, again, I just, mm. I, I enjoy picking your brain about this and other artists too, is like, okay, that idea of balance or that idea of, of scheduling, that idea of routine. I love how you found that, like, and how you're, let's just say finding that. Cause I, I, I can very much tell that it's, it's a process, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's, it's like a tide. It just ebbs and flows. It just changes with the day. It's just yeah. hmm. That's, hard it's, to grasp. Yeah. So this new series for you, these, these paintings are still blown away that you're able to do something that is that detailed in five or six hours. That's incredible. Can you, can we get a little bit technical here? Yeah. on the podcast because we mm -hmm. I, I do love the life stuff the business stuff the work stuff and and sometimes podcasts I think in general particularly art podcasts they don't they focus more on the art but I, I always mm -hmm. really want to know about the artist but let, let's let's get a little bit technical can you mm -hmm. run through that process because I'm dying to know I, every time I pick up the brush 30 hours later I'm still working on the dang thing you know in so, the same spot yeah, <laughs> so yeah I think yeah. this only works because it's acrylic and okay. I'm able to just work layer after layer after layer without any dry time. It's, I, I prep all the panels together at the same time. So, and I get the frames made ahead of time as well. So these all come with a little frame that's been made by a framer. And 
and I just throw them straight after they've been varnished straight into the frame and then they go to their collector straight away. So it's a very streamlined process from the start. Yeah. So there's, there's no, wherever I can streamline it, that's what I do. So the backgrounds, I give them all a neutral gray to start with. They're not white when I start painting. Mm-hmm. I do very loose sketches um, with a chalk pastel pencil that always ends up changing as I paint. And it's just, I start undertone, whatever the undertone is, and then what I call an opacity layer. So I sketch the detail very loosely. I tend to favor using bigger brushes. So like a fill bit, size four fill bit, um, even a flat, um, a square little flat one. And then I'll only come in and do the round size zero details at the end. So I'm starting to use more broad. It's I'm not looking at the very fine details. I'm looking at how to get the impression of the detail rather than each individual one. And I think you did a tutorial once, uh, how to paint a bird or something on mm. YouTube where mm. you've done the bulk of the animal and then you're just adding some flicks of, and that just... The highlights, I think the highlights are the key that bring in that punch Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the idea that there's detail there without actually having painfully painted each element of that detail. So uh, the key for these is getting the eyes right. So I do spend like a full hour out of the five hours on getting the eyes to look right because as soon as you've got the realness in the eyes, the rest of the detail sort of just automatically matches it or melts away it just sort of all blends so I do focus on the eyes a little bit more and like if there's a more key feature like on the kookaburra the beak that one took a little bit more time and then the rest the rest of the detail like I could spend another five hours at least on this little eight by eight portrait and still not be where I would want to be if I was doing a a main portrait but mm-hmm. it's also teaching me when to look back and say, that's actually enough and move on. So it just teaches different little ways of looking at the layers as well. So I'll skip out. There might not be as much depth and volume in like the feathers or the fur, but you can sort of create the illusion that it's there just by doing those odd little highlighting just punches that create that that distance um that's what i found anyway but i I definitely i don't think i'll be able to do an oils because there's just you've got that dry time i'd have to do the entire body of the little mini ones at the same time so you do one underpainting for each one Mm -hmm. and then you come back and you do the next layer um which wouldn't work because i filmed the whole process too so it's all in the same position right and then yeah it i don't think i'd be able to do all the little things at the same time just for the filming and editing side of things so it it's amazing because you're not only doing you know original art making sales there working that as, as a business but you're also doing the you know, the whole online thing, the video side of things. Now, I yeah. when we first started talking, you weren't doing very much video. It was mainly for social media, but what? how's your video yeah. journey going now and, and, and where's it yeah, taking you? Yeah, it's, it's always a work in progress. I'm always trying to get more uh, cinematic, I think, because people, okay, people are, they, they love to see progression 
in a post. So that it's it's almost like being part of a story. So like DIY pages grow very quickly, very fast because you see a crappy chest of drawers and they work really hard. And by the end of it, they've got this beautiful transformation. So people like to see um, progress, success. They like to see things, beautiful things coming out of nothing, essentially, I guess. So you can, you, I found that I can do that because I'm not able to do the whole one painting in an entire day without these minis. Uh, if you, I've revolved it around a bigger story. So the story of my journey, I guess, as an artist, bringing in more video elements than it was before. And people, they do, uh, they are more attracted to good quality footage and beautiful things to look at. At the end of the day, people like to see nice things to watch so if I'm able to create better quality videos it doesn't matter if it's only a five second video if it's something beautiful just even in the cinematic way that it's filmed or photographed the content itself doesn't have to be as uh heavy content it doesn't have to be so full mm -hmm. as it does have to be beautiful so I've found that there's a lot more success if it's a really beautiful photograph just of me standing at the easel with Will um, and it's just a moment in time people love the candid uh, appearance they'll always love something that looks more natural to something more staged so mm. I've started to try and incorporate beauty in the way that I'm filming and photographing rather than beauty in the things that I'm photographing if that makes sense. Uh, yes, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, okay. So for, I'd love to pick your brain on how to make things look more cinematic. I really struggle with that. Like I, I've got a, I've got a professional editor who helps me put all the videos mm -hmm. together. I'm doing all the filming though. And, and a lot of my filming, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to admit sucks. Like I, I try and focus on, okay, I'm just going to try and get everything in, in focus at least, but yeah. I don't have any of that really cool, like uh, bokeh or baka, whatever you call it, like that that short depth of field or <laughs> yeah, those beautiful yeah. movements and stuff. And some of my video yeah, stuff, it's, yeah. it is just not cinematic. It's pretty dry. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm very I'm very blessed to have the followers that I have. But man, I could really use some help there, <laughs> getting it to look more cinematic. For me, the the I think the only thing that I really rely on to get that cinematic that soft focus would be my um the lens that I use on a daily basis so I use a Sigma so my can my the camera body is a Canon 5D Mark IV so it's a really good body uh but you can you can use it doesn't matter so on my iphone on my iphone if i'm going to take a photograph of something i'll switch it to portrait mode so it automatically gives you that crisp portrait with the blurred background and on my lens i'll just grab i'll get do you want me to get the camera i'll just grab the camera and do show it. you let, the let, lens. yeah come on yeah. show and tell let's show podcast. it I, I love this um, all right, so this is 
my beautiful Canon. Beautiful. And this lens, mm -hmm. this one is what gives me that soft cinematic. It is a Sigma lens, so it's not the fancy Canon. It's just okay. a Sigma 50 millimeter with a f-stop of 1.4 so getting the, the lowest f-stop possible is okay. sort of the key uh, yeah. to getting that soft so it doesn't zoom in it doesn't mm -hmm. zoom out it doesn't give you a wide depth of field it just mm -hmm. has that set focal range and that's why it's able to get that very perfect um, low f-stop and I'm that enables that you to get i'm getting that it's lens. a fat it's a beautiful lens i love it to bits fantastic uh, okay. and that's so because so, i i shoot canon as well and 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 that's just yeah. one thing that i've noticed from some of your posts on social media i'm like they just look so good and i think yeah. therein th this was the thing that i learned from you in the first couple of podcasts and, and i apologize to the people listening to this going andrew you are all over the map in this interview what's going on I i'm just an artist i'm not a professional at this what are you doing here okay so um basically uh one thing that i learned from you was learning the ecosystem, learning the the ins and outs of whatever platform that you're posting on and fitting into that ecosystem. Like, okay, if there's a particular way mm -hmm. that it's going, it's like, okay, there, I, I still I, I still hear your voice in my head going, what time of day are you posting that, right? Think about where your target audience is and fit in with that time of day. Mm -hmm. If you're making a post, don't go making a post at lunchtime in New Zealand when everybody's asleep in LA. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> So, but one of these other things as well is that, is that the quality of what you're posting is top notch. And I get so many people mm. asking all the time. It's like, they want to blow up on social media. They want to make an impact. They want to make it as a professional. They want to attract clients, mm. but for yeah. some reason, it's just not landing. It's just not clicking into place. Yeah. So maybe let me just back up just a little bit here, Carla, and just really, mm -hmm. if you don't mind for the people listening there are a lot of people that are in that position. Maybe they've got a good product. Maybe they're right at that 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 precipice, right at the cusp of mm. just going pro, just starting to make a, a few extra bucks online by selling their art. What are what are some of the things that you would recommend doing? It, that that's a really good one, by the way. Just starting there with the quality of their posting. But what are some of the other things that you would yeah. recommend? You know, for for just helping them more, leap into this. To leap into it. Uh, I'd say it's more of a slow crawl rather than a loop. <laughs> okay, I'm a little bit, so, I'm a little gone home. Say, like, let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump. And then it's like, okay, wait, we still have to do this and this and this, and then we can jump. So Where's your parents uh, if you if you don't have a website okay. in today's online mm. platform, you're not gonna get off the start block the website so you've got all these different streams you've got facebook youtube patreon instagram twitter tiktok now <laughs> nfts you know the whole the online there's so many different streams and the problem with having different streams is if they're not if they're not coming from a central source it's just gonna be like spaghetti in a bowl it's just gonna go all over the place nothing's gonna link it's just all gonna be just a mess like just like my brain on zero sleep it's just all spaghetti and it's just in there so having a website creates the central hub that is just like you you know those um really cool electrical uh display things where it's like there's this ball and you touch the glass on the outside and yeah. you get this like 
yeah, that's I what just, I see in my head when yeah, you have right. a website. It's like the central contact. Great and analogy. Great analogy. <laughs> you can go Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can go, everything is from there. And then even on all those, they go straight back in. So you always have a link to your website. It has your update contact details and keeping that, keeping it maintained and updated is obviously essential to all the other outlets working. So there are awesome template sites such as Wix is what I use. Uh, Squarespace is pretty much artist focused for creating portfolios and probably a hundred other ones. Those mm -hmm. two seem to be the main key players mm -hmm. for template website building. So you don't have to be able to code. I have no idea how, how to code. Mm -hmm. And my website is, it's a constant evolving thing. So I like, it's like changing the decor in your room. It's like, ah, oh, I'm going to update that. So it's starting, you, you move with the time. So obviously the first website that I designed when I first started, it's, it's nowhere near what, where it is now. So I had, when I had Emily, I just obviously was in a new space and I wanted everything redone. So I hired Wix and Squarespace. They all have professionals that they can outsource design to. And you can say, hey, I want a website that does this and this and this. So you don't even have to do the building. You just say, here's some files, make it pretty for me. I want it to do all these different things. And they come back and you pay, I think it cost me like $250. And she just redesigned my entire website, like with the content already there. And she just added all these anchor points. And so it just, it flowed. And obviously creating a website that you can view on your mobile in yes. a really seamless way, because I think what my stats were, 89% of my website traffic is from mobile. There and it is. it's that, only like three or four percent is desktop so that if it's not mobile me. friendly yeah I, <laughs> when i heard that that depressed me so much and i found out my website sucked on mobile so i had to make some changes yeah. there and it's still yeah. i mean it's not well, i've got to be careful what i say here because rachel actually built my <laughs> website so uh love you uh, if you're listening. Um, but no, she, but we're looking at making that change as well. So, and I, again, I got to say, I love that analogy. Um, I just saw that electrical ball thing in a Nigel Stanford mm. uh, semantics video clip, kind of cool. Um, but, but yeah, I remember that as a kid, you, you touch the thing and the, the spark comes up to follow yeah. wherever your finger is. And then you got to imagine like you've got all these other offshoots from that central hub I yeah. need to revisit yeah. my website. Okay, so that's that's the that's <laughs> a starting point. Having a place where people can yeah. find you online, and and yeah. make sure that that is working. And and so you're also you're you're also saying keep it current, keep it fresh, keep yes. it current, keep evolving with yes. it. Okay, absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. Not Please. having a hotmail address for people to contact you on is also another thing. The oh. amount of professional artists or just people with their own businesses that still have a Hotmail or a Gmail account. Mm -hmm. It's not, so for example, I straight away, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have an email that is Carla at carlagraceart.com. Like just having that clean and it's $50 a year to have your own domain, which you can get through. Like I have my domain through Wix. So it's all like Wix. I, I don't know Squarespace. So I can't really 
promote that and I have nothing to like I'm not sponsored by Wix this is just I love the platform Mm -hmm. they even have all the Facebook Instagram advertising platforms through so their background uh, it links everything together so it's not like you're having to then have all these different outlets you can do everything through the the website uh, host I think that's the name for it Mm -hmm. I don't know so um, it's it's provided me with a domain name and having that professional email address it just just it's just sharp it's just a little extra not a yeah. yeah. Well, you own this space. It's 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 yeah. it's it's you. It's part of your brand, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. And and I've got Andrew at andrewtischler.com, Although I do mm-hmm. use a couple of other emails as well. But mm-hmm. um, we should be careful giving our emails out on the podcast. <laughs> Say hi. I don't mind. I, I reply to you. <laughs> I mind. I like delete. to be contactable. <laughs> don't bug me. No. <laughs> But it, that that's really it's really quite interesting having that that central hub. Okay, so then then social media is one of those things then that feeds off of that. So mm. if that's your if that's your central thing, all those offshoots are things that, that. So ultimately, is it is it your goal then that ultimately people find their way back to the website? That's the yeah. call to action yep. on everything. Okay. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's where I have all the payment options for, so it's where people go to find more details on paintings they're interested in, limited editions, the limited edition book that I designed, the, like, it's all there, all the tutorials, all the free video, all the, all the content, it's all there. Although I have been a bit slack on the free tutorials. So it's work in progress for me as well. Uh, but all the key things is what I keep there because if people are looking, oh, I'm really interested in that painting and they're looking through and they're like, oh, here's some information about other things. And it's sort of, it can take them on a journey. So in the problem with social media platforms is you're limited to the format of that platform. So right. like now Instagram, the, the format has changed and people are wanting more portrait <laughs> videos and things that fills up the whole screen. Whereas before it was square and Facebook was, and YouTube, they're all landscape. So you've got now different formats for different platforms mm-hmm. that it's just, so something you post on YouTube doesn't, fly as well on Instagram like it used to because it's just a different layout or something you post on Instagram because it's a reel it doesn't post to Facebook because that doesn't cross the platform so it's just it's a website is just somewhere where you can put everything Hmm. and people can find like that post you did ages ago where you were talking about how to prime panels and just send them straight to the website it's way easier than having to scroll through pages and pages and pages on facebook or instagram it's just Mm. straight straight there it's a like a straight road rather than a a winding hilly experience i i I tell you i tell you who gets more out of this podcast than anybody else it's me i mean again okay so there's (laughs) there's another takeaway right there the the first takeaway for me by the way like right out of the gates was uh, efficiency comes from confidence i wrote that down by the way just go <laughs> i think that's great um but you can put that on a bumper sticker <laughs> I, I i think you could actually i think you could or a t-shirt oh i've got some merch <laughs> ideas is that trademarked carla 
I'm, I'm, I'm no, that's steal. free. Anyone, you're welcome to it. <laughs> okay, dibs, dibs, dibs. Okay, it's mine. Now, this is this is really interesting. So I I. I, I made a little bit of an announcement recently in a newsletter that I, I I'm now on TikTok, and what I did is I um I, I I said to you know hey follow me here kind of thing. It's like yeah I finally you know embraced mm -hmm. the this this medium and this idea, and so you can find me here at the address. And um, I got this one email back, and this guy was like, do not sign up for TikTok. Read this article here. They're spying on you or something like that. And I was just like. Dude, I'm first of all, I'm not even gonna read that. I'm not gonna do it. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. They already have my name on a list somewhere. I was talking to Rachel about pizza ovens. I was like, you know, I'd really like to get a pizza oven out there uh, on the grass and, and and we'll carve out a little stone circle and, and make it all nice. And let's have an outdoor area where we can have pizza and stuff advertisements start coming up on her phone oh, yeah. for pizza ovens. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're already on a dang list. All right. So yeah. th this is the, the thing is, is, is embracing some of these new social media platforms as a way mm -hmm. to, and, and use them as a way to um, leverage your art business. But I'm wondering, is there, is there a point where it goes too far for you? Where, where it's like, no, this is taking either too much of my time or it's too invasive, or I just do not like this at all. Yeah. So I gauge whether or not I'm doing too much by my patience with my children. So if I have very small amount of patience just with life in general outside, because I'm just trying to do so many things, mm -hmm. then it's time to dial back because my family feed off my energy. Um, and I think any it's not mum or a dad thing. I think it's a primary, primary, if you're a primary caregiver, you know that how you are, how your internal health is affects the mood and the setting and how the day unfolds. Mm. It's sort of, it's all up to you. Mm. Uh, so Emily will feed off my anxiety. Like if I have high stress levels, she'll feed off that and she will demand more attention from me because she feels like I'm not present there with her. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it, as yes so I just have to if if I'm spreading myself too thin mm -hmm. then it tends to uh show in the day so then I need to dial back that's why I had to stop and take maternity leave uh when Will wasn't sleeping because I wasn't sleeping so I wasn't able to function properly in the day and now with me coming back to work I'm suddenly like there is a whole new world out there with NFTs and, you know, TikTok is exploding. I should have joined years ago. Yeah. Uh, but it's just when I start to dig into that and I find myself getting overwhelmed, then I'm like, okay, just take one thing at a time. Just start painting. <laughs> You've only just started back at work. Just start with one thing. Um, that's how you climb a mountain. It's just one step at a time. So eventually I think I will do all those things, but just probably not all at once. So I've found that once something just becomes part of routine, it's no longer a massive issue. So yeah, yeah. if I start using TikTok as a platform, I will just focus on maintaining what I've got and investing myself into the new thing until that just becomes part of the, the clutter of my day. And it's not something that is taking away from everything else. So I think that's how I gauge is whether or not something is causing me 
distress at the end of the day. Right. If, it's, if it's a negative thing in my life, then it needs to go. Mm. Uh, but if it's something that pushes me and challenges me, then that's different. That's different to a negative. It's something new, something exciting, something I want to invest myself in. Then mm. I will pursue that. And usually the excitement and the height of that new thing, that again feeds the family and everyone gets this excited energy because now mum's doing something that she loves, she's into. And now they're all subconsciously, I guess they pick up on it and it just becomes another part of the day. So yeah, yeah I just gauge and see how it's affecting my ability to parent. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. But uh, okay, that's a really that's a really interesting one because, you know, I I, I guess I'm the same in a way. Like it, nobody wants to be around grumpy Andrew, and and uh, a lot mm. of this uh, does affect you know my mood. But when I when I'm hitting it just right, it, it, I, I'm a lot yeah. nicer to be around. But I, yeah. I I I kind of exist at that boundary of. Um, and I, and I build a lot of pressure into my business personally, just pressure on myself, mm. you know, with the podcast, I decided when I started the podcast back up again, I'm like, I got to make it weekly. I've got to make it a weekly show. And then I was saying to my editor, Liam, um, uh, you know, we're, we're going to come back to YouTube weekly. And I said, oh yeah. And I'm going to start another two videos and we're going to do those weekly as well. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh he's like, he's like, you mean we're, he said, we were doing a video every two weeks, if that, and now you yeah. want to do three, three a week. I'm like, yeah. well, now it's actually an ex a, a piece of content on Patreon, a podcast, three YouTube videos. I, I haven't been able to do it yet, but that's, that's the, that's the new line for me. Yeah. And I'm building yeah. pressure into my business in terms of these online platforms to, and, and I'm skating that line between so much pressure, I collapse under the weight or I get mm. stronger holding all this up. Yeah. I don't know where I'm at right now. I'm probably so heavily yeah. caffeinated that I, I <laughs> just can't tell. You know, YouTube actually removed the dislike button, which is really kind of weird. And I get why they they yeah. would have done that from a <laughs> political standpoint. We won't go there, but that's fine. But I, 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 and again, people know that I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist, so that's cool. But I, um, I... I get to see who's liking and disliking the videos and mm. I'm hovering somewhere around the 99%, which is awesome. And I'm so grateful that for the people good. that are, yeah. that are commenting that are, you know, hitting that like button and, you know, but, but what I, what I really live for is those moments where somebody was like, not just, I like the video and that was cool, but that was really helpful. When you ask mm -hmm. Carla Grace that question and she had that answer, thank you for providing that, that opportunity for, you know, awesome artists like yourself or Joe Paquette, you yeah. know, for instance, yeah. or Talia Stanton or these people that are just mm -hmm. out there just smashing it and just that's why I'm doing it. But I, I, I got to say that even that positive reinforcement and that feedback, mm -hmm. that kind of yeah. does build that pressure, even though it's in a very positive way. And I'm still skating that balance, you know, okay, so do I collapse under the weight or am I getting stronger? I don't know yet. I, I'm, I'm in too much of a frazzled dizzy to actually yeah, know exactly yeah. where I'm at. I'm all over the map, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I totally can relate to that. Absolutely. So I started, I think I was searching for a way to fill the gaps because I'm not able to create as much artwork on a daily basis like I used to. So I've started doing this 
um, sort of store segment, I guess you could call it that, on my stories, which is called Save My Painting, which I was doing privately with people. They would send me photos of their painting and say, hey, I'm really stuck on this. And I would give them a few tips privately. And I was like, well, why don't I make this? I'm sure there are other people that could use the advice that I'm giving this one person. So I said to people, I just said, hey, I'm doing a Save My Painting new thing. Send me a photograph of your painting that you're really struggling with and the reference photo and tell me what you need help with. And so now just like a very casual format on my phone, I just use my Procreate iPad tablet and I just do a couple sketches over their painting and I say, hey, maybe this will help. And I show them bits and pieces right. from the tutorials that I've mm -hmm. created and say, this, this is what I mean when I say, when you do the glaze over the underpaint, like, you know, that sort of thing. And then I just post that and then you get the feedback and says, hey, this is really great. And we really appreciate that you're doing this. And I do, and I've, at first I was like, okay, maybe I can do them once a week. And I found that I can actually do them twice a week just because it's, a more relaxed format I'm not making it this polished cinematic beautiful video so I've taken the pressure off that outlet and there's a lot of intrinsic value in it for me because these people are saying that actually got me out of this artist block that I've been stuck in for the past two months with this painting and that to me is really worth it because it wasn't the person that I was directly helping it was someone else who has seen that thing so um wow. yeah that's I, I completely understand when you say you just those comments and it's now I feel like oh I could do one a day <laughs> I'm just like, whoa like chill out <laughs> <laughs> well that, I mean yeah that's that's where my dumb brain goes it's like oh I did that that worked let's do yeah let's do yeah. one a day let's yeah. do that it's it's absolutely ridiculous but um if people watching yeah. the video version they could see my schedule right there but on there, like I've got, I've got a whole list of videos that I really want to do. And then I've got the Monday, mm. Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way to Saturday. And every single mm. day has got something that I'm, I'm putting out there. But uh, just on a, on a side note, so, and again, sorry, really about what you're talking about there with the, the critiques, that's brilliant. I found that that was such a really cool way to engage with my people that were following me on Patreon mm. is drawing directly over the top of their paintings. Um, yeah. I, I, sometimes I take it a little bit too far, uh, but I, I really enjoy it. And people seem to really enjoy that too, but it's, um, it's extraordinary just, yeah. How I, I find that I, I'm finding my voice a lot more, the more I bring other people into it yeah. and sharing that yeah. more with people you know? Yeah. Um, Being more transparent and open. A little bit, yeah. 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 Cause the art mm. world has that, the habit of keeping everything close, like close to the chest, like, Oh, I don't want to share with you. You're my competition. But the more you share, the more people are invested in what you do. So the more free content you give out. So for example, mm. like you do, you do paid tutorials, you have the Patreon page where people pay people wouldn't trust your content that they can't see they have to pay first to see they wouldn't trust that without the free content that you make available mm. on all your platforms so uh, i mean when marketing first started on tv people would only have to see things five times to trust it whereas now with social media they have to see things 20 to 30 times before they trust the product is that so, right is that a, yeah, that's an actual yeah. wow that's a statistic yeah yeah so, so the, wow. 
so the culturally you have to give yourself mm, mm. we don't trust people yeah we don't trust products we don't trust brands we don't trust unless we have seen it over and over and over again that's why people use influencers they use it in movies they put it in so and they spread their product out in, in as many avenues as they can get because people have to see it on repeat to be like okay no I can trust that one we'll we'll do that yeah Wow. It's just because this it's just overload. There's just so much to yeah. take in. People just they'll they'll let it go if it hasn't made an impression within the first 1.5 seconds. They'll go to the next video if they don't see it on repeat. If that if it's not something they're familiar with, they won't go for it. If okay. it's something that looks low budget, they won't go for it. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow, yeah. that's so interesting. I, it's amazing to, that that culturally we've all, and and it's all we we seem to have a global culture now. It's all pretty much getting mixed into the yeah. same culture, the same mass. I mean, yes, you, you, people have their unique cultural background. Of, mm. You know, not to put that down, but it just seems like everything is becoming westernized and hollywoodified you know in, in that way isn't it we're all listening to the same music they're watching the same stuff and i'm trying not yeah. to though <laughs> i'm still trying to stay away from it but it's that's fascinating that uh I, I don't i don't know if i really want to contribute to that i i i don't want to put that stuff out there mm. so much like because I, I tell you where i'm at i've got a yeah. um i've got a marketing company that is is advertising some of my tutorials and stuff for me and um, people are like, I see you on my phone all the time. Like, well, I haven't made a post in a long time, but then I forget yeah. I've got this company that's put out these mm. video ads and they're like, dude, yeah. you're always on my feet. I'm like, sorry <laughs> about that. I'm really yeah. sorry. <laughs> but that's why, um, like I was saying before, creating content that is genuine and candid rather than scripted and like, like, Buy my stuff, buy my stuff. People aren't attracted to that. They're attracted to the story and then people will latch onto something that is a point of interest and they will investigate. So I never hawk my junk on social media. I'm never saying, buy my painting, it's available, it's available, buy it, buy it, buy it. Because if people like my stuff, they're going to say, hey, is that available? I would like to buy it. And that's where the conversation comes in, more personal one-to-one -one, rather than, hey, everybody, everybody, pay attention to me. I've got stuff for sale. People are like, oh, who's that jerk? Like, we do it. We do it. I don't want to, I don't want to see people shit for sale. Like when I'm on my, I'm on my social, I'm doing things that I want to do. I'm looking at things that I want to see. So if my promotion, if my marketing is really genuine and it's just, it's another post that I posted and it's got my art in it, it's got my kids in it, it's you know, it's, I've got these new limited edition books that I created. I spent months designing the frame that opens up around this book and getting companies to work with me on creating this book. I've spent over a year on this thing. I don't promote, hey, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Because if people like it, if people like my stuff, they're going to investigate my brand, my company, my website, which is key. Yeah. So, so I need to just the overarching story of all my outlets has to be engaging in a way that will make people investigate further. And that's got to be natural. And that's really hard to achieve that natural promotional balance. Uh, and it comes along with the conversation that, and the 
just the narrative of your social media. I think it comes in slowly. <laughs> I, 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 I chuckle to myself because again, I, I just feel a little bit embarrassed that I, I maybe have done that a little bit too much with the tutorials. Oh, we all but, have. But, uh, no, but, but you see, you're, you're you have quite to. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to experiment because different things will work for different products. Mm. Some things you have to say, hey, I've got this. This is what it does. You need this, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. detergents and disinfectants and tools that fix things, that, like, you know, things that are new. But, like, when it comes to things that people don't need, like art isn't an essential product. People don't buy it out of necessity. They buy it out of love and attachment and an emotional engagement with not only the art but with the artist these days it's it's a conversation that they have uh, a relationship that grows from just an interest that they have in something that they've seen you do so then going into their face hey i've also got this buy this buy this buy this yeah. they're going to be like oh that's not why i'm following you and then they're going to pull back a little bit because it's too much so that's well that's what i found with with my followers, every every artist is different. So if an artist is more merch orientated, so you get a lot of artists, they do really cute mugs and those sort of things. So more merchy artists will be a little bit more promotional on their the wares that they create. But when for my my narrative, my just my story that I'm telling, it's not about sales, sales, sales. It's that obviously I'm an artist, obviously, like it's obvious that this is what I do full time. So it goes without saying that mm -hmm. I would be selling my art. So all they have to do is send me a message and then they get a personal response back from me directly. So there's a very personal engagement with people that are interested in what I create. Very cool. Um, right. Yeah. So, so we need the central hub. We have, need a website <laughs> that we, we continually, no, this is gold. We need a website that we continually maintain and upgrade and 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 kind of keep current, and then our social media platforms. We're we're sensitive to the and, and I'm hearing that that we've got to kind of fit in with not only the culture of the platform itself as an ecosystem, but also really pay attention to who's following us and and posting within that kind of vein yeah, uh, yeah. of the people of absolutely because I, I found and I'll just personally speaking I found that that, that there's a there's a disconnect with my business I, mm -hmm. I I've got an original paintings business I'm a painter first and foremost I'm an artist I produce big oil paintings and mm -hmm. they sell to a particular clientele and mm -hmm. it's a, if I had to draw it as a Venn diagram the overlap is very small very, very small Absolutely. between the people yeah. that follow me online and who's actually buying my paintings. The people buying me, yeah. my paintings it's less, are- It's something like less than 1% of your oh, followers will actually yeah. invest money in what you create. At, yeah. And that's- So that's, being aware that yeah. people aren't always going to buy, just mm. post post to the masses. And then that small 1% is where you get your, yeah. And, and, and that's <laughs> so interesting as well that, that my business is based on that 1%. And, and, mm. and even even buying the the buying the tutorials, most of the people that are watching the YouTube stuff, they're like, okay, well, I, I, that was a really cool video. I'll buy the tutorial. That's about mm. one and a half to two percent. You know, yeah. we're, for a little yeah. while there, we're converting about two and a half percent. And somebody was like, that's really good. That's amazing. <laughs> like two and a half percent. Wow. I'm like really. I thought this, I was depressed. I thought this sucked. I thought, and this is the interesting thing. And I've heard, uh, you know, 
this almost is an undertone behind a, a lot of people that are posting their work online. It's like, well, I made a post on Facebook. Why isn't it viral yet? Yeah. You know, they're they're yeah. expecting the, the, to be the next thing. So if people aren't really finding that they're getting that traction with, with their posts, mm. with their social media presence, or even if it's not really landing in terms of their website, what would you say yeah. to them to, to, to kind of, maybe not give up hope quite so soon because it can be quite deflating being online as well. It can be very deflating. Um, So see, I haven't ever created anything that's gone viral. I haven't had a big spotlight moment on social media. It's, I think hoping for that is where the disappointment comes in. So let go, let go of wanting that instant fame because that doesn't last, even if it does happen to you. And just just go for slightly more views on the next one. Just 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 focus on seeing slow growth rather than these mass a million new followers. You know that's that don't that happens to people like The Rock and celebrities because they're in so many different avenues and so many people are seeing them that they then naturally they get these viral things that happen on their account. So I think letting go of that for the everyday artist that just trudges along, don't lose yourself in the fickle, temporary world of social media. If you stay true to yourself, I think that's the key because as soon as you start marketing to the masses, you sell yourself in a way that you'll burn out. And you'll start to tr- you'll start performing in a world that will just eat you up and spit you out one second later. So it's just it's the nature of the game. There is so much content, and there are so many people creating that content, expecting or hoping for a moment in the spotlight. You're sort of setting yourself up for disappointment because, I mean, if it happens that's wonderful. That's incredible. But that being the goal is, is not a realistic um, sort of bar to measure yourself against. I think if you're going to keep tabs, then just watch, did this post get more views or less views? Why did it get less views? Was it the time that I posted it? Is it the content? Is it the way I filmed it? Is it, did the sequence of clips were they too long did people lose their interest because it was a three second clip rather than a 1.5 second clip didn't move to didn't move quick enough mm-hmm. like there are so many other things to look at other than it didn't go viral like what's wrong with me um there's so many yes yeah, so many things to look at when you create a post uh did it get more followers did it get more views did it get more likes did it get less than the last one and then you just look at post by post and then slowly you start to develop a language with your followers and it just sort of happens naturally rather than something you have to force out of yourself the, and and i think yeah you you just said something there as well like that that again i i'm reminded of this it really isn't a numbers game, is it? It's really not. It, what what I, I and what I tend to gravitate towards is is I, I want to genuinely engage with people. 
So yeah. having having genuine engagement with a handful of people where it made an impact with just a handful versus yeah. just having a very surface level engagement, but with a vast yeah. number of people, I prefer to go for that quality really. And, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, you know, have some sort of impact with them rather than yeah. go after numbers. Because at the end of the day, the numbers thing, it's, it is quite a hollow thing, isn't it? It is hollow. That's a double-edged sword. So it's, yeah. it's hollow in terms of the general amount of people, they won't send you a private message. They won't engage with you. So you do need numbers to get like taken seriously on social media, unfortunately. So by brands, by companies, by galleries, by anyone that's looking for an artist that has the exposure that they want to leverage off, you need the numbers for. So it depends if you want to play the influencer game and get paid for posts and things like that. Uh, that's a completely different, completely different business model. But if you have a great following. So at the start, I had maybe four or 5,000 followers and I was selling every painting weekly. So it depends what your goal is with your followers. Yeah. If you're focused on, you literally, you're loving the interaction you have with a small number of followers and your sales are great because obviously at the end of the day, you need to eat. So if you have 50,000 followers, no one's buying, that's not gonna make it possible for you to be an artist so it's it just depends what you're wanting to get out of that platform hmm. and and adapting to that it's, it's so many variables <laughs> so in terms of revenue streams do, do you mind me asking you this then hmm. about you know because as a as an artist working today there are so many different ways to make an income and as I was talking to Talia Stanton about, and I've said this several times in, in podcasts, as well as hearing from other artists, a lot of artists, artists mm -hmm. share this point of view that there's never been a better time to be an artist. I granted, I know the, the world is a weird place right now. I know there's a lot of stuff going on and not all of it good, but, but still there are things that we have at our fingertips that make this such a cool journey and the potential for us to derive an income. So for you, if you don't mind personally speaking to this, um, you sell original paintings and you've got prints. I hear that there's a book as well. Are there other ways that you're making money from your art online? So for me, it's just, it's, it's a very simple thing. I, I don't usually make prints of my work unless the collector of the original negotiates on the price to the point where I'm like, okay, I can negotiate on the price under the condition that I run limited edition prints of that painting. So it's up to the collector of a painting, whether or not I do prints of that painting. I do a limited edition coffee table book, which isn't a coffee table book. It's actually an artwork that is a book that you can change the pages to daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. And it sits behind a frame that opens and closes and Show me. on your wall. Sure. that what can I, can I do a can I do a pause yeah, there course, my course. son's just awake so he's gonna join in for the rest okay. of it I'll just okay, be perfect. two minutes perfect no worries no worries hello hey little man <laughs> in you go all right so we're hey. we're now joined on the podcast by young will has joined us and uh He's going to be here online 
sharing some airtime with his mum. We'll be doing some Q and A's later. Some Q and A's. Okay, great. Uh, there's a few things <laughs> I want to ask him. He's wow. How how old is Will? Ten months. Ten months. All right. Hey, yeah. man. How you doing? Hello. <laughs> this is so cool. In the last podcast, we were joined by Emily, and that was really cool too. It's a real family yeah. thing with you. This is great. I love it. It's, it is what it's what I have to offer. <laughs> just, that's it. I'm not hey, going to hey, get anything we, else from me. <laughs> we're not. No, listen, I love it, Carla. We are not complaining, not by a long stretch. Oh, this is funny. funny. <laughs> okay. So this, this bloody book of mine, uh, I spent like 18 months working with different companies mm -hmm. to try and take my idea from, I had, everything was designed. So anyway, I worked, managed to find my framers, one of their guys has just this real can-do attitude. And he's like, hey, yeah, we can make that. It's going to be a pain in the butt, but we're going to make it. So each frame is made by hand. What do you reckon, Will? So this is, it's book one. Wow. Um, so that means there's going to be a book two eventually and three and four, hopefully. Wow. And I'm just doing limited edition runs of these because they're handmade. It's not one of those you can't do endless amounts of them. So... It's hinged at the top because I wanted something that was going to last. So it's not hinged on the side like a book. So this puts less pressure on the hinges and it opens up. It's designed from three separate frames. One is inverted to hold the book and it's held by magnets in the bottom. And that opens up to give us access to a book and a little ribbon lifts it up. That's extraordinary. So okay, I just, just hang on. Just, so I just want to pause. So a lot of people are listening to the audio version of this podcast. And and so they're, and you've described it very well, but we're looking at something inside a Perspex or a glass frame. It's glass. So okay. the, the it's glass because Perspex is very static. And a lot of, because this is going to be open and closed a lot. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of dust flow and Perspex, uh, likes to hold on to dust so glass thought about every angle every angle but it's it's insane the amount of details that has gone into this thing so okay let's let's, the, see, let's dive deeper this is great so it's I'm an amazed. oak it's, it's an oak frame so it's a natural oak frame with a white inset so we couldn't go with a mat a cardboard mat thing over the book because it's going to be handled so everything needs to be washable and it needs to be durable. So that's why it's all frame. Yeah, it's all frame. <laughs> and the book itself, so it's got a hand, it's a handmade book with a embossed gold linen cover. Yeah. And it's an edition. So this is book one. It says Most Loved by Carla Grace. It's an original limited edition display book. You'll find the most love works I've done in acrylic paint since 2016. Um, so this one is dated and I've embossed each page, well, each wow. of the authenticity pages and they get a certificate that goes with it. Uh, and then basically the idea is that you can open up the book. So getting a printing company to, to do this book. For, oh my gosh. Anyway. So yeah. it had yeah. to be spiral bound because what we're looking at is the ability to move on to the next page and wow. not have anything fall out, yeah. risk of being damaged. Yeah. Um, and that wouldn't 
chafe. So ink, unfortunately, when you get fine art paper printed, the ink is on top of the page rather than sealed within the fibers. So this one is the, the best quality paper that I can get right. for doing these prints and it's archival and all that sort of stuff. And then it's got Stunning. a coating on top of it that stops it from smudging or all mm. that bleeding through, fading, all that sort of stuff. So these can all be <laughs> turned and there's 23 images in there and you can basically choose whatever image you want to look at, open oh. it back up. And the, oh, 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 genius. Okay, okay. So for the in. people, yeah. Oh, I, oh. And then you've got a new artwork. So you've got 23 different artworks that you can turn to whenever you want. Oh. And so it's a coffee table book that you can put on your wall and you can look at on a daily basis. Cause everyone was like, oh, you should put all your paintings in a coffee table book. I was like, people don't, they look at the coffee table book and then it goes on the shelf and it catches dust. So I wanted something that people could display and have in their home. And they're like, oh, I want to look at the elephants today and then change it and they can look at the elephants. So that is when, cool. when that these is are so all, cool. wow. <laughs> so, these look even better when they're in a series. So that's the that's why there's going to be multiple books of them. So book two will be maybe in a year's time, a collection of maybe 10 or 15 paintings that I've done from between now and then. Okay. And then you have it next to your book one and you've yeah, got yeah. then eventually this wall full of all these this grid that you can then change. And it's like this dynamic interactive so uh, cool. installation essentially that is so it's cool. not just a yeah not just so, a print not just a book but everything I, I, I have never that that is such a cool concept i have wow man such a cool concept. i've never heard of that before that okay so let me ask you then uh, can, can we can we talk nuts and bolts here just sure, just yeah. okay awesome yeah. what's a book selling for uh, framed, so I do have an unframed option available. Mm -hmm. Framed, it has to be like $680 simply because of the value of the the, the making of it. Of course, it's of all course. made by yeah. hand. Yep. Um, he has to router the hinges itself has to be seamless. So like everything <laughs> has to work. So it's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> It, it, uh, yeah, so well, well material yeah. cost is uh so yes everything i'm not going to settle for anything that's not going to last yeah. at least 20 years like i need it to last and <laughs> so it's um yeah, yeah. he's distracted he's like duh, duh. Um, so of yeah course, material cost yeah, yeah. it costs me 320 to make one so it, and then you got shipping and you got taxes and all of that on top of that. So the logistics, like I know that there are versions of these sort of frames available out there, like for those art things. They're mass made and it's just everything sloppy. I wanted something that was seamless that on the wall, it just looked like it was an artwork and wasn't, like you don't expect it to be anything else, but then you can do so much more with it. So mm -hmm. um, for my my personal preference, I want everything to be absolutely stunning. You touch it, you just feel like it's, it's heavy. It's mm -hmm. it's not- Quality, it feels quality. Yeah, it's, you just, you touch yeah. it and you're just like, oh, this is, 
this is awesome. So that's okay. that's what I was looking for. So limited edition of how many? Uh, of book one, there will be 300. And book two, there will be 200. Book three, there will be 100. So each edition is going to get harder and harder to get. I don't want to be why? doing these for the rest of my career. That's why, why, why I... Why is, do they get more expensive for the limited supply? Maybe, maybe. Um, wow. It's... Uh, it's also because everything is handmade. I'm relying on one guy mm -hmm. at the framers to make it. So until I can do the framing in-house, like have a guy working in my studio making these frames for me all day, every day, yeah. um, it's got to be something that has an end to it. Of course, of course. And it's... It's just the nature of the product. I don't want something, I don't want it to be this endless supply of, mm -hmm. it's just, that's not my business. I don't do open-ended things. Thing, these are collectible. They are beautiful. They are hard to make. <laughs> they are yeah, hard, yeah. really hard to make. Mm. And that business structure doesn't work for every artist. They want to be able to say, hey, this is going to be a regular income from now till, but I, I get bored of doing the same thing over and over again. So yeah, I will enough, then, yeah. by the time these these editions are finished, there'll be something else that will be yeah. equally, if not more fantastic. I don't have that something else yet, but it is, you know, I, I will always be creating more things to- um, That's awesome. Stimulate my, oh. my creativity. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I okay. So so so, how are the sales going then, for the for the book? For the Good, literary? nice and slow. I don't want these to go really fast. Okay, <laughs> nice okay. and so slow. So it's, like it's manageable. You're not overwhelming yes. your guy, and and it's, so it's just. Yes. So so this is something. Once all of your setup costs are covered, this is something that could mm -hmm. just kind of turn over in the background. But the other thing as well, because you're hand signing each and every one of these, that would create a lot of pressure. See, I've it's got very fifty books on. to sign. It's like exactly, yeah. yeah. When yeah. I first released them, I sold the first fifty within forty eight hours. So wow. my guy at the framer was like, uh. <laughs> So it's, I want them to be slow. I'm, I'm not in a rush, I, but that's the whole thing about Tyler Grace art. I'm not in a rush to sell things. If they take a year to sell, that's fine. Two years, that's, I, I really, it's, I'm not about the instant sale. I would rather it went to the right buyers because I don't want to compromise on the quality of my work to get the, get the quantity he's super cute but he's so distracting i oh he's great he's great <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's just like my little one he my my guy he doesn't have the coordination yet um he's looking yeah. at stuff he wants to grab it but his hands are going yeah. everywhere he's just too young he's still super stage. wobbly he's Very trying wobbly. to pull himself up on things and yeah. he's trying to crawl but he just face plants or that's it just, that's it yeah he, oh and, and hugo's very talkative too but he, i i need a translator for him yeah i just yeah. don't understand a word he's saying but, no um, and he looks at you like yeah 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 totally yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. hey dude you mentioned something before, um, and let, let me just ask you about this. Uh, the the you, you mentioned NFTs. Is this a space that you're looking at and something that you're considering moving into? I, I think the world of digital art is incredibly exciting. 
It is really? so foreign mm. to me. It's like yeah. an exotic bird that I've heard tales about and I just I just have to see. I have to dabble. I need to give it a go. Mm. Uh, the things that have trended on NFTs, the things that sell, it just blows my mind. Like it just, there is no logic to it. Like Monkey it's a world that has its its own it has its yeah. own rules it has yeah. its own and that's what i love that's why I'm, I'm making up the rules as i go along for my business yeah. And, yeah. sorry no 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 and, and listen um, it's part of the podcast i love it it's family yeah. show <laughs> but this this is quite interesting because i i was talking to my buddy samuel Earp about this and and he was saying that there are some of these monkeys on a boat that are selling for hundreds of thousands some of them are millions yeah. uh and and it's just it's just, absolutely mental. And you know, I, I I resist it. It's all it's all great to be kind of like a, a Puritan about these things. You go, well, that's yeah. stupid. I'm not doing that. But th if there's an opportunity yeah. there as an artist, why not? Why not? Why Except not? I tell go. you where I am drawing the line. Okay, you mentioned the digital space. I'm staying out of that metaverse. You better stay out of that metaverse. You hear? Don't go I, down the I road. I've heard of it. It's it's again a foreign thing. <laughs> I'm just at the moment, I'm just trying to paint. Yeah, like, and enough. then so to look at the digital world, like I'm just I'm hearing all these things, mm -hmm. metaverse and NFTs, and I'm like, oh I have to do that. And I'm just sort of like, it's in the too hard basket at the moment, but it's it is like this exotic creature that I I am very interested in. And I have Procreate, I have the iPad Pro, I have the smudge proof glove that goes on the two fingers and i've got magic pencil and i'm ready i'm ready for it it's just the time i got, <laughs> got just... one of those i got one of those yeah they're great aren't they i well I, I mine's a cotton glove where i just took a pair of scissors to it and cut out the the bit uh, that actually holds the stylus but that's perfect it's perfect <laughs> Well, Carla, and, and I must say as well, Will, um, thank you both for joining us on The Creative Endeavor. There's always so much to talk to you about. I feel like we've barely even scratched the surface. Um, I, I'm excited maybe to have you back again one day, hopefully not too long, where we can talk a little bit more about the digital space, because I'd love yeah. to hear more about you know, particularly digital art and NFTs. I, I'm kind of moving and exploring some of these areas too. Would love yeah. to pick your brain about that. But again, just want to say thank you so much. I always so enjoy your company and, and there's always so many takeaways, but really appreciate your company. Thank you for being on this episode of The Creative Endeavor. Thanks for having us. It was really great to talk to you. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Creative Endeavor podcast. Big thank you and shout out to Carla Grace for joining me. Again, if you're not already following her, then make sure you do something about that. Don't follow her on Instagram. She can be found at Carla underscore Grace underscore art. And also on her website at www.carlagraceart.com. Make sure you check out her fantastic work there and follow what she's doing. I'm sure you're going to be blown away by her work, just as I am. But as you follow and watch it, what she's doing with her art business, it's sure to give you some ideas there too. I can certainly thank Carla for so many things that I've done in my business personally that have really helped me and paid dividends. She's just a treasure and so generous with her knowledge. So I really appreciate her. 
Now, if you haven't already done so, then please do me a huge favor and leave me a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. It makes such a huge difference to the show. I know I keep going on about this, but it really does. It helps me so much get this out to more and more people. So if you got something out of this conversation, if it helped you in some way, or if you've got a new idea that you just want to execute on, then make sure you send some love my way. Just leave me a rating or a review and help more people find out about this show. And also, while you're at it, go ahead and share this on social media. And if you're going to post it to Instagram, use the hashtag The Creative Endeavor or The Creative Endeavor Podcast. Thank you so much for that extra time and effort. I couldn't do this without you. and I really appreciate you. Now, if you want to find out more about me and follow my efforts, then I can always be found on my website. It's kind of the one-stop shop, that one central hub, as we were talking about here in this conversation. I can be found at andrewtischler.com. There you'll find links to my videos, my full tutorials, the podcast, the Patreon page, and all kinds of extra good stuff. All right, I'm going to get out of here and get back to painting. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Creative Endeavor.